The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, everybody? It is Sam Jesse here with week two of Behind Enemy Lines. I am joined by Andrew and Ryan, some Purdue Boilermaker fans who cover the team really, really well. Guys, thank you for joining the second ever episode of Behind Enemy Lines. Absolutely. Hey, happy thank to be you here. for having us. Yeah, really excited for this one. It's a uh, what I think is cool, cool about this game is it's two very similar universities, you know, kind of in small towns. Uh, big engineering schools. I know a lot of my friends are uh, having some rivalries with their coworkers this week, so that's really fun. I just wanted to ask you guys first off, what's your connection to Purdue University? Why are you, you know, following the Boilermakers, and you know, what do you love about following Purdue like you do? Ryan, you can go first. Yeah, so I am a Purdue grad in engineering, so hit the nail on the head there. Um, <laughs> And I graduated in 2021. I've been writing for Hammer and Rails and subsequently our podcast, the Boiler Alert podcast, ever since. Um, Andrew's my co-manager, so I got to get his permission on stuff. But (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore Purdue. Uh, Spent five whole years there. Um, It's been great. So uh, for me... I grew up in a Purdue family. Uh, my dad went to Purdue. I'm the youngest of four siblings. All three of my uh, older brothers all went to Purdue, all graduated from Purdue. So um, I didn't even apply anywhere else when it was time to go to school. Um, and I went to Purdue for six years, got two degrees, got a bachelor's and a master's. Um, and then during my time there, I worked in the athletic department um, during grad school. I was a graduate assistant in the athletic department Um I was the vice president of the paint crew, the men's basketball student section, and have just, you know, loved Purdue sports my entire life. So I started um, a smaller website with a few friends after college. And then when they kind of like fell off and stopped writing and it was just me, um, Travis, the former site manager of Hammer and Rails asked me to come on. And um, once he moved on, I took over as the co-manager of the site. So I've been involved one way or the other. in Purdue athletics for a long, long time and love following it every step of the way. That's awesome. Like I, you know, I don't know if many people on the, the Sons of Saturday audience actually know this about me, but my first game, I was like six months old. Uh, we beat the oh, crap wow. out of Syracuse in 97. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I've been a, a Hokie my whole life. My family's been all Hokies and, you know, went to Virginia tech, got undergrad there, got masters there. Like Blacksburg's always been a part of my life. So it's awesome to see that like from other people as well, how, yeah. you know, how special a college can be and how it can be intertwined in your life. Oh yeah. Let's talk about a college town, West Lafayette, Indiana, favorite mm-hmm. spot in West Lafayette bar, restaurant, uh, what have you. <laughs> 
I'll let Andrew go first. I mean, so, I, he's more opinionated on this than I am. So, I mean, if I'm going favorite bar at Purdue, it's there's only one really that I'm going to say. Um, there's a there's a close second, but number one, it's got to be the Neon Cactus. Um, this just gigantic, like, cavernous bar down on the levee, um, just a short walk away from campus. Um, you know, it's one of those places where you get the gigantic plastic mug, you know, when you go in, you can get um, like a, for me, I was never a beer guy. So it was a rum and Coke for like a dollar and a quarter or dollar 75. And it was like 32 mm-hmm. ounces, gigantic dance floor. And of course uh, there's a piano bar in there um, with just a really entertaining guy on the piano all night. You could come and go. Um, it was just a lot of fun. One of, one of my favorite, um, favorite bars ever in the world. And, and, just the the best place to spend a Thursday night at Purdue, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree. That's uh, also the favorite for me. Um, the, I'll kind of touch on the second place that is more or less the overall fan favorite. It's Harry's. Um, it's kind of a – it's close to campus. It's right there within walking distance. Um, and it's been a staple since the 20s, I believe. So, I mean, they were there through Prohibition. They were, uh, they've just been ingrained on campus. So, uh, every time you go there on a Saturday, it's a line along the entire block. Um, it's a big deal. Um, as Andrew said, I kind of gravitate more towards Neon Cactus just because it's, uh, that piano bar, but, both great options for when you're there on a Saturday or even like a Thursday afternoon, you'll find people at Harry's. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I will say honorable mention goes to me. RIP to Jake's. Uh, Is that the hot dog place? They there. They did give out free hot dogs at Jake's. Yes. Um, but unfortunately it is no longer there. Um, they okay. Closed. So I, I've heard about the hot dog place. Yeah. They closed. I'm, it was something to do with like, they were going to tear down the whole building and put new stuff up. So the owners were just like, I'm not dealing with this. Uh, but that's actually where I met my wife um, at Jake's. So RIP uh, to Jake's, but Hey, I got, uh, I got a wife out of it. So uh, good news for me. Hey, uh, you know, I, I don't have a spouse out of a bar in Blacksburg, but uh, my friend group, we were Hokey house guy uh, upstairs in the corner at Hokie house right next to the darts. That was the spot. $3 doubles, $4 triples at happy hour. Um, Sharky's another great place in Blacksburg. Yeah. I can't beat it. Everyone in Blacksburg, the big one is tots little too crowded for me, but, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, plenty of good dive bars in Blacksburg. Probably need a few more considering how large the school is now. Yeah. I mean, Purdue, (laughs) Uh, Purdue desperately needs more, uh, bars. You know, we've had, I think they had two clothes, in the last like six or seven years. Um, yeah. So they, they just, they've got to figure out what they're doing and, and get more up there. Right. Including neon cactus. It closed down and then yeah. came back. Yeah. Resurrected. Yeah. COVID, COVID was tough on uh, college towns across America. Glad yeah. that, that Blacksburg seemed to survive it for the most part. Now Absolutely. Purdue has really old school, tons of traditions. You got the big drum. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you what your favorite traditions are, but explain the big drum. I mean, so the big drum is just what it sounds like. It's the world's largest drum, although there is some fighting between us and Texas, Ryan. Texas Texas is right. Yep. 
um, over who claims the world's largest drum, like who actually has the largest drum. Um, and to my knowledge, neither school actually like releases how big the drum actually is. It's supposedly like a closely guarded secret. I don't know why, mm -hmm. like it's so silly, but it's just a giant <laughs> drum, but um, it, it is really cool. I mean, it is like a gigantic drum. I, I can't even tell you how big it is. Um, but it's a tradition, at least for the members of the band, that on their their final home game, they get to actually bang the drum at midfield. You know, they get announced, get to bang the drum. And it is a really cool tradition. Um, mm -hmm. And they do not like it, the drum majors or whoever, whatever they're called, do not like it if you touch the drum if you're not one of them. Uh, because I did that. And they're like, hey, don't touch the drum. And I was like, sorry. So I would say probably my favorite kind of trivia slash tradition at purdue is the fact that our mascot is actually not the one you see on tv all the time it's not it's not pete um it is an actual train so the boilermaker special is our mascot it's the fastest mascot in all the country it is street legal they actually yep. drive it to away games on the highway so um, look out for that if you're uh, around Blacksburg, and you'll hear it too. They will not let you oh, sleep yeah. on game day. They will be blaring that horn all the time. Yeah, and and it's run by an organization called the Reamers, and I think mm -hmm. one of the cool things they do is, you know, it, it's I mean, it literally looks like a train, so it's got a cattle catcher on the front, and every time they win a game uh, against whatever opponent it is, they ask an opposing fan for their hat, like their team logo hat. They take it and then they put it on the cattle catcher and it's there the entire year. Um, right, so that is, all. that is a pretty cool tradition. Well, I hope to not be seeing a Virginia tech cap on that train, <laughs> but I hear wild vehicle going down the road. Sounds like they'll be right at home with the jacked up trucks in Southwest Virginia. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sounds pretty good. Uh, I have to say, I said stick it in last time. Um, if you don't know, there used to be when Virginia Tech had a goal to go situation, band played a drum line, crowd had a nice stick it in chant. That kind of mm. got taken away for some innuendo. Uh, yeah, some innuendo. No reasons, <laughs> but you'll hear the crowd's chant stick it in at the goal line. Other than that, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I would say a new favorite tradition I want to talk about. Um, I just love touching the Hokie stone. The whole campus is made of the same stone that's quarried from a couple miles away from campus. It looks awesome. It looks like Hogwarts and uh, touching the stone, leaving uh, behind the tunnel is uh, it's just cool because you can go everywhere around campus and, and touch the Hokie stone. It's not like Howard's rock or Clemson or something. Uh, let's talk. Uh, you guys making the trip to Blacksburg going to be watching on TV. Uh, what's the plans for this weekend? Uh, just watching on TV. Yeah. Same here. Sounds good. Yeah, it's a bit of bit of a travel. Uh, mm -hmm. Hope it looks good on TV. The production okay. for the game last week was phenomenal by ACC Network. Uh, but if you ever do come to Blacksburg, highly recommend getting outdoors. It's very very pretty, especially in the mm -hmm. fall. So don't just stick to football. Get there a day early. Go on a hike. Um, I don't think you guys have a lot of mountains in Indiana. <laughs> nope. Nope. So uh, take advantage of that if if you can come down to Southwest Virginia sometime. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. 
That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Av in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Um, so let's talk a little bit of football here. The story all offseason around the sport has been conference realignment, you know, the premiership of college football, Purdue sitting in the Big Ten. You got to feel pretty good about being in the Big Ten. However, on the flip side of that, a tough conference just got a lot tougher, adding Southern Cal, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Combine that with, you know, Illinois and Minnesota seem to be finding their footing as really good teams. One hand, Purdue's going to be in the top of college football. On the other hand, not a lot of easy games for Purdue coming up. How do you feel about the new age of college football as it pertains to Purdue in the Big Ten? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, it allows us to travel more to some nice uh, coastal areas. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We have four new schools coming in who are all very good athletic programs. From the football side, it's going to get tough. But if nothing else, you understand that every week in conference is going to be against a quality school and everything is a quality win. Um, We kind of see on the basketball side, too, you think the exact same thing for resume building. But with football, it's going to be a mountainous task. And we definitely understand that. Yeah, I I mean, to kind of emphasize what Ryan said, Purdue is is very lucky. And to, you know, echo what you said as well, Sam, Purdue is very lucky that we were one of the schools that, you know, helped found and create the Big Ten all those years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, if, if Purdue were simply around and not in the Big Ten, I don't know where we would have ended up. You know, maybe we would be like a school um, out West, Oregon State or Washington State, who are now just kind of, sitting around, looking around and trying to figure out where they're going. So uh, we're very lucky in that respect, but it is going to be an absolute meat grinder every single week, especially in football. Um, I mean, the odds of Purdue winning the Big Ten in football were already very long. But now, I mean, with these additional four schools, it's going to be an almost Herculean task to try to win um, the Big Ten conference. And that's a shame. Um, And and I – you know, I, I know it was going to happen anyway, but I, I always hate losing um, the Rose Bowl, the losing the Rose Bowl tradition with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever, Pac-2 right now. Um, so that that stinks that that is going away. But overall, I mean, it's going to mean a lot more money for Purdue. It's going to mean a lot more money coming in. Um, and hopefully, you know, with the AD at Purdue, Mike Bobinski, he can use that money well and Purdue can continue to grow um, and continue to, you know, improve in all areas. And then who knows, you know, I, I can't say for sure what's going to happen in 20 years. Um, maybe Purdue uses the money well and we see a, a steady rise. Maybe Ryan Walters is still here and takes us to new heights, but you can't do any of that if you don't have money. And Purdue just, they secured their future and they secured money. So you, you take the good with the bad. Yeah, I know since I recorded with some uh, some friends from ODU, I, I think mm-hmm. since then the ACC added Cal Stanford and SMU. And mm-hmm. like you said, money is going to drive a lot of this. Those don't drive a lot of money. But then like Ryan said, in terms of fun places to travel, my family's already talked about flying out to Airbnb in Napa Valley, doing some wine tours, enjoying the countryside there in Northern California, and then maybe driving to Palo Alto to watch a football game. Yep. Not, mm-hmm. not too shabby. 
Uh, it sure beats driving to like, I don't know, Durham or Pittsburgh for a game. Uh, <laughs> no offense to Durham. I, I used to live in the RDU area, Pittsburgh. Meh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's opens up a world of opportunity. Got to look oh, yeah. at it. Yeah. I also used to live in uh, RDU last then, year. When I think bass, when I think Purdue, I think nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a destination place, but a nice area to live. When yeah. I think Purdue, I think basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it like for you? And very, very good basketball. What is it like kind of following a football program at a basketball school? Because I know what it's like following basketball at a football school. So is it, do do you, does football feel like icing on the cake when there's success or is it, has it become so even because the money in football is so great? I, I don't know about even. Um, I mean, you know, Purdue is situated in the state of Indiana where basketball will always be king. Um, but it's not as if football isn't also ran at Purdue. I mean, there's always a lot of excitement with the exception of when Daryl Hazel was the head coach at Purdue, uh, which we don't like to speak about. But overall, I mean, Purdue fans will always come out, um, you know, for a team that actually shows effort and, you know, puts in some some hard work on the field and, Purdue football games have excellent atmosphere, excellent energy. Um, we've seen victories over, you know, top 10 teams of Ohio State, Iowa, and Michigan State just in the last, you know, five or so years. So uh, it's 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 a really good place to watch a football game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think sort of I can't really attest to this just because I haven't been alive for that long, (laughs) but uh, Purdue football was a pretty good powerhouse back in the day. Now we're trying to revitalize that now, but I think um, the foundation was there. And um, from a basketball perspective, it's always been there. It never really dipped. We've had two head coaches in for the past 30, 40 years. Yeah, so, 43 years. Yeah. Wow. So um, basketball is truly the the national sport of Indiana for, you know, that term. Um, but football, we, we love our football in Indiana too. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I you know, basketball is definitely on the come up at Virginia Tech. So mm-hmm. anytime the basketball team's good, we're kind of like, oh, that's that's a fun bridge between next football season. Uh, but now with Mike Young, they're they're really looking to put together a program. So you know, I think it's awesome when athletic departments can kind of balance the two because it's very very difficult to do that. Uh, I, I do feel you talked about the atmosphere at Purdue, um, dude. A, a night game at Purdue when they're wearing all black is like the darkest night game. Yeah. I think it's them in Oklahoma state for some reason, like it's <laughs> darker at night in West Lafayette and Stillwater than anywhere else. Uh, so, so that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit more on the field for 2023 for Purdue, a tough week one loss to a Fresno state team that yeah. wasn't supposed to be great. Kind of like a six win, seven win team in the mountain West, but that was a really back and forth game thoughts on the week one loss. And then kind of, does it change your outlook for the rest of the season or is it just full steam ahead? So I think going into the season um, with so much turnover from last year, player wise, coach wise, and such, um, we kind of had to levy our expectations as uh, Purdue fans. So 
I think the consensus was between five and seven wins this season um, going into the season. And with the Fresno State loss, I think that really just drops it down by one. Um, it was kind of a toss-up. And last week, um, it's definitely tires meet the road. Um, so Ryan Walters knows what issues he had in week one. Some of that injury-wise that hopefully will be resolved here in a couple weeks. But injuries are always a toss-up. But Ryan Walters knows what he has. He knows what he has to improve upon. And this is where he starts to try to make his money. So if he can make adjustments, we will love what we see. Um, and I think I speak for a lot of people when I say we're kind of in that five to six win range right now. Yeah, I think that's mostly true. And I think, to, to add to what Ryan said with injuries, I mean, Purdue at one point last week was on their fifth string center um, and no, neither of their top two tight ends were available. So it, it was a really, really difficult situation um, on the offensive line. Um, blocking on offense was not a great situation. So we're expected to get our backup center back this week. Um, fingers crossed. So that should change things. I think quite a bit um, allow Purdue both to to develop more of a running game, but also allow Hudson Card, our quarterback, um, to actually let plays in front of him develop and rather than having to scramble. So I still think six to seven wins is possible because Purdue is always good for one um, out-of-the-blue victory that you don't expect. So um, we will just have to see, but I, I think that's a, a level setting of expectations is is still six to seven wins. Definitely a really tough schedule, mm -hmm. but a program, like you said, that every year Purdue Purdue gets somebody every year, so you don't know. And I think similar yep. to the ACC, the, the Big Ten has a lot of toss-up games, and you kind of just need the ball to bounce your way a couple times and get a couple of those toss-up games. Uh, how about for the Hokies? If you can put your finger on what the Hokies will do this year, credit to you because <laughs> no one else can. I have no idea what this team is going to continue to look like. Last week looked pretty good. Not great in some areas. Run defense, a lot of missed assignments, offensive line, some missed assignments as well. But overall, we, we won. We don't we don't apologize for wins anymore in Blacksburg. What do you think about the Hokies right now? And then I'm also curious, what do you think about the perception of, of the program moving forward after what have been kind of the worst three, four-year stretch in, in the program's history since the uh, early 80s? Yeah, so – um, I'll kind of start with that back half. So Virginia Tech is, I mean, you had, like our basketball program, you had two coaches for decades, right? And it kind of, it, it has to end at some point. So it's in a rebuilding era. And we understand that. We know what that looks like. It's just, it's not fun to be a part of, but like, you know it has to be done to get back to the mountaintop. Um, I think the problem is the ACC, as you said, is just a bag of absolute randomness, unless you're in the top two spots. Um, I personally, um, I've seen a lot of like between four and seven wins. I tend to levitate around five or six just um from what i've seen 
Obviously, the thing is, you played an FCS team in week one. You can never really take away too much from playing an FCS team, statistically-wise. Um, you really just want to get through with a win and don't have any injuries and learn your depth chart, really. So that's kind of what I took away from Virginia Tech. Um, kind of looking at your schedule, I mean, it's a toss-up. Uh, we would love to see you beat Louisville. That is for sure. Yeah, we're rooting for you there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. And it's always a change of pace. Uh, we're very used to seeing teams have three uh, non-conference games instead of four. So I think that's usually pretty helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ha I have no earthly idea what Virginia Tech is going to do this year. Um, and like you said, I, I don't think most Virginia Tech fans know either. <laughs> um, but to the back half of your question, I feel like Virginia Tech used to be a name that really scared a lot of folks when you had to play them, especially at home. Um, and as you said, coming off one of your worst runs, you know, in decades. So I think that's, it's tarnished a little bit, but I think there's still an idea of like, if you're going into Virginia tech, if you're going into Blacksburg, that's still not an easy place to play. And you're still going to have to, you know, bring your a game in order to walk out of there with a victory. Um, it just may be easier now than it was, you know, seven, eight years ago. Yep. You'll agree on that one. I think, you know, they've had to get the talent back in the program. The last couple of years, there just weren't a lot of good football players huge roster turnover this year. We'll see how they look against a big uptick in competition against Purdue game prediction for this one. This is about as two of even of teams, as you can think, I think they're uh, number 64, and number 65 in the S and P plus both teams kind of predicted at that six and six mark. The spread is within a field goal. It, it started at favoring Purdue. It's now favoring Virginia tech, uh, obviously in Blacksburg helps the Hokies. Game prediction for this one. Very close contest. Go ahead, Ryan. I'll let I Andrew think... go first. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, you're right, because I made you go first last week. So I'll go okay. first this week. Um, so I've, you know, we're, I'm sure just like you, Sam, we're homers on our podcast. Um, you know, we're big Purdue fans. Yep. So uh, we're both probably going to pick Purdue, I'm guessing. I am taking Purdue 31 to 28. Um, I think it's going to be a real close game. I'm really hoping that Purdue can find a way on defense to stop Virginia Tech on third down because that was a horrible problem last week against Fresno State, getting off the field on third down. And I'm also hopeful that um, with a more stable offensive line, Purdue is able to get a run game throughout you know, the entirety of the game rather than in fits and spurts uh, like they did in game one. So if Purdue can do both of those things – I am very hopeful that Purdue walks out of Blacksburg with a win and sits at one and one. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm actually a little bit more optimistic about the offense. So my prediction is 38 to 34. I won't say I'm as optimistic about the defense quite <laughs> yet. Um, but seeing that the offense is returning some uh, players on the offensive line, getting that uh, health back, I think that will help with Devin Mockaby being able to run the ball and Purdue getting into a rhythm on offense. Yeah, I think the number one key to the game for both teams is being able to run the ball up the middle. Maybe you don't need a 100-plus yard rusher, but 
you need to be able to do it. Uh, looks like both teams really struggled, and ODU really stacked the box against uh, the against Tech, and Tech just like was running into a brick wall all night. <laughs> uh, passing went really well, so I'm interested to see if they can capitalize on a Purdue secondary that looked in the nicest way possible, really bad. Yeah, that, that was very nice of you, actually, to call them really bad. So I um, appreciate that. But then on the other hand, I mean, you got McAbee, who I, I believe set some school records last year rushing the ball. Uh, Tech mm-hmm. struggled on their run fits last week. So if Purdue can run the ball up the middle, Hudson Card's a running quarterback that always kills Tech. I, I think there is a there is a world where Tech's defense just struggles to get off the field. We'll see. I'm going to go relatively high scoring in this one as well, at least for Virginia Tech. Uh, but but I'm gonna go 35, let's say 35, 27, Virginia Tech. I think the difference in the game is, is Tech gets touchdowns where Purdue gets field goals. I think if the if the uh, field shrinks, I like Tech's athleticism a little bit in the red zone uh, in the home crowd. I think that's the difference. Very easy game. I think it's much closer than that score. Uh, but whatever you're betting, bet the over because mm-hmm. I'm not sold on either of these defenses right now yeah i i don't i don't trust the defense at all nope nope uh well i just want to say thank you guys so much for coming on this has been awesome i love getting to learn about other fan bases other traditions and stuff and what makes college football the greatest sport on earth so thank you guys so much hey glad to be here yeah absolutely and we have one more segment for you actually sort of a thing we've been doing so um i'm not sure if you've seen over the past uh, year or so, but the Sickos community on X, Twitter, whatever you call it now, um, has been rampant. And yes, they did a segment where um, you figure out how close you are to an area. I believe it was Culver's. Culver's. Yeah. Culver's. How close you are and okay. figure out how many punts it would take a team to get to that Culver's. So okay. we kind of took that and ran with it. So I have a number of punts that it would take the Virginia Tech punter. Um, I have his name here. Peter Moore. Peter Moore, yes. So I have the amount of punts it would take to a, get to a specific area that has to do with Virginia Tech. Now, my question is, I'm going to tell you that number of punts, and then you will try and guess where it is. Oh, interesting. So it, okay. It, it's a site that means something or is related in some way to Virginia Tech. So Ryan's going to give Correct. you a number of punts based on his average punt, and you got to give us mm-hmm. where you think it is. Okay. Okay. I love this. I love this. Yes. So this would take Peter Moore, who averaged 47 yards a punt last week, 188,751 <laughs> punts to get to this area. Now, <laughs> I kind of, that's not really fair. So I kind of break it down. It's a little over 5,000 miles. Okay. Now, 5,000 miles. Yes. It 5, is definitely 000. in a different country. I was yes. going to say. It's, yeah. And it has now, to do with Virginia Tech? It does. Yes, it does. Okay. Huh. Okay. So 5,000 miles has to do with Virginia Tech. Okay. Man. So I'm thinking like, is Europe like 5,000 miles? It is in, I think it is in, it's in, I, so without giving it away, I mean, it's in Russia, so I can't really tell okay. Europe or Asia. Um. So it's in Russia, because I was going to guess the country of Turkey. 
Okay. So that nope, that was is Russia. Like this, oh, because of Hokies Turkey. Fantastic. The Hokie, the Turkey. It's used to be the Fighting Gobblers for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish they would have stuck with Fighting Gobblers. To be honest with you. Um, <laughs> gosh, and it's in Russia. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there somewhere called Hokie in Russia? There is not. That's a really good guess, though. So Hokie comes down. Okay. Yeah. Hit me with so. I always do this so, like, you never guess. But, so, this 5,000 miles away, 188,000 puns would be to, I'm going to botch this, uh, Tushino Airfield in Moscow, Russia. So, this place is where Metallica played its largest show ever to 1.6 million people. Inter Sandman, of course. Exactly. You're talking to a diehard Metallica fan too. Mm-hmm. So wow, that claps for you. Right? I just, Kuna, I like thank you. <laughs> Every week he comes up with one now. of these. <laughs> so that's um, awesome. Yeah, uh, we're hoping one day to get them to Blacksburg. Tough game to wrangle oh, though. I'm sure. My goodness, that'd be great. That is the one thing that I would look forward to most. That is. To me, the best intro of all college teams. What about Dabo running down a hill and sprinting out in front of his team and making it all about him, guys? What about no. Dabo? You know, I what I'll tell people, like, you see the videos of Sandman. I think it literally starts, like, 20 minutes before that where the core cadet band comes out. And it, like, mm. it, the energy builds up and builds up. Like, they play their songs. They all march out on the field. You do the national anthem. And then we have Johnny Cash playing. Uh, and then you have the Let's Go Hokies chant. And then it's Sandman. So it kind of crescendos to Sandman. And it's, uh, I think it's like, it's that. It's it, For me, it's like the 12 to 15 minutes before Sandman are almost like more exciting than actual Sandman. So um, okay. that's that's what I would say. But yeah, it is, yeah it's it. pretty awesome. Let's hope the football team comes with that energy as well because they don't sometimes. So uh, let, let's hope they do on right. Saturday. Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, pulling for you for the rest of the year. The black <laughs> and gold looks sick on TV. But uh, let's hope to have a good game Saturday with a few targeting reviews, if that's, any. That's right. Right. Hopefully none. Um, we had six <laughs> last game. Oof. So think. Let's uh, let's all pray for no reviews like that. A good, clean go. game, some fun football. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the season. Hey, you too. And beat Louisville. Mm-hmm. We'll do our best. Yeah, I'm a toy that you love. Yeah, you want more of it. Yeah.